Well, hello again, and welcome again to another uh, podcast of Down to Earth, but Heavenly Minded. I'm your host, Urish. And uh, today as we move along, we're in John chapter 14, uh, the writings by Keith Gorgas. Uh, we're... We're about, uh, I think, uh, two-thirds of the way done, and uh, I think we have about seven chapters left. So with that said, let us just kind of jump into our lesson, and uh, and we'll I'll get it going here. Okay, bear with me. Yep, wrong one, wrong button. John chapter 14. A layman looks at John's gospel. No sooner had the Lord told Peter that he would betray him before the next dawn, but that he spoke comfort to their distressed souls. What a gracious Savior we have! Do not let your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. It must have been most troubling for the disciples to learn that the Lord was going to the cross, betrayed by one disciple and denied by another. The Lord encouraged them to put the same full faith in Him as they had in God. It would have been blasphemy for any mere man to say such a thing. What He goes on to say has strengthened and emboldened many Christians. It really forms the hope of the Church. In my Father's house are many rooms, if that were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. The hope of the Church is to be in the Father's house. Christ's home is now our home too. I have often wondered about the way the Lord worded this, if it were not so, I would have told you. I would like to suggest that, given everything he had already told them about the Father, it would be reasonable for them to expect an eternal home with the Father and the Son. Some have said that just his presence there is what prepares the place for us. I suppose that is possible, but it doesn't commend itself to me as the full meaning. When a bridegroom prepares a home for his bride, generally there is more involved than just his being there. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you also will be. The Lord repeats that he is going to prepare a place. Here then is the blessed hope of the church, the Lord Jesus is coming again to take us to be with him in the Father's house. This is not the angels bringing in the harvest from the four corners of the earth, but as Paul wrote, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with archangelic voice and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, how do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Neither is the salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. No other God, no other philosophy, no other creed or religion will bring a man to the true God. Oneness with the Father If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, from now on you know him, and have seen him. The Lord Jesus Christ was the effulgence or outshining of God's glory, just as sunshine is the effulgence of the sun. I want to quote a well-known passage from the first chapter of Hebrews. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. 
and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything that the eternal God is was fully told out and displayed by Jesus Christ. This exceeds our finite comprehension as the heavens exceed the earth, but faith accepts God's testimony. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father, how can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father, as he remains in me, does his works. Our hearts are slow to drink in all that God has told us. We are often like Philip who had the faith to believe that Jesus was the Son of God but did not comprehend that Jesus and the Father were a unified one. All the glory of God is displayed in the face of Jesus. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, otherwise believe, because of the works themselves. The way I understand this statement is that the Lord is say, even if you don't believe the words that I'm saying to you, examine the works I've done. They prove that I am joined to the Father. Truly, truly I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. The Lord uses Philip's request to unfold more truth. He tells them that once he has gone back to the Father, they will be endued with more power, doing even greater works than he has done. It will be a proof of his resurrection and glorification. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is why, when Christians pray, we pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not a ritualistic formula, at least it should not be. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now the Lord puts our affections to the test. Do we claim to love him? We manifest where our hearts are by our obedience of his commandments. In the next portion we will learn of the power to do his bidding. In the book of Genesis, we get a story that serves as a lovely picture of the truths the Lord now presents. Abraham wanted a bride for his son Isaac so he sent his servant to his relatives to find and bring the woman that God would choose for his son. The servant found Rebekah and soon she was asked if she would accompany him back to be Isaac's bride. It was a long and arduous journey across the desert and we read that the servant spent the time telling her about the man she would marry. This is a beautiful illustration of the work of the Holy Spirit conducting the church, the bride of Christ, home to the Father's house and the wedding feast of the Lamb. The Holy Spirit I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, so that He may be with you forever. The Helper is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see Him or know Him but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. The word the Lord used here, translated helper, is paraclete. It means one who comes alongside to assist. What is the dynamic energy that enables us to live for the Lord? It is the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of Truth and he is the third person of the Godhead. Down through history, he was with God's people, energizing them to walk by faith and do the will of God, but the Lord is introducing something new here. Not only would the Holy Spirit be with them, but soon he would be I and them. This is a distinct portion of the New Testament church. From Pentecost until the rapture, the Holy Spirit inhabits the church. Ye are the temple of God.
I will not leave you as orphans, I am coming to you. After a little while, the world no longer is going to see me, but you are going to see me, because I live, you also will live. Although he already told them that he would leave them soon, the Lord would not allow them to remain as orphans. Very soon, the world would see the last of him as he was taken down from the cross and placed in a grave. He promised here that he would live again and they would see him. The same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from among the dead would soon fill them and be their source of life. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Upon being sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the down payment on our inheritance, they would come to comprehend the union of Christ with God and of them with Christ. The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. The test of real love for Christ is obedience to his word. Light walked in brings more light, but light refused brings only darkness. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what has happened that you are going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will follow my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. The one who does not love me does not follow my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. A wonderful communion of God with man is contemplated here, but that can only be enjoyed in a path of obedience. But we never can prove the delights of his love, when in paths of self-pleasing we stray. For the favor he shows and the grace he bestows are for those who trust and obey. The Lord had led the disciples around from town to town and city to city for three years and now he was about to leave them to return to the Father. He is giving them parting instructions, but lest they become discouraged or faint from the prospect, he promised the Father would send them the Holy Spirit to guide, comfort, and instruct them. We who are saved have the same unlimited resource. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Here, once again, we have the whole Trinity involved together. He will teach you all things, and remind you of all that I said to you. Here we have the Holy Spirit's mission statement. He will teach us all things and bring the Lord's words to mind. His mission to the world is different. He will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give to you? Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor fearful. The peace the world offers is a brokered, compromised, and transient peace. It does not abide and is easily broken. It has no righteous foundation. God's peace, on the other hand, is settled and sure. It has a righteous foundation and will never be taken away. God has not given us a spirit of fear or cowardice, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You heard that I said to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. The disciples had very little understanding of what the Lord was telling them. Surely they were fearful now. Within a few hours all would forsake him and flee. Peter would deny him three times, but after the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they would be filled with boldness as they gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Had they been able to understand the need for him to be exalted on the Father's throne, they would have been overjoyed at the prospect of him taking his rightful place. And now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe.
There are several reasons why God declares the future before it happens, not the least of these is so we will know that He knows the end from the beginning. Forewarned is forearmed. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in regard to me. The Lord's time with them was fast approaching the end, and he would soon die, but not because Satan had some intrinsic power over him. He had no sin in him, so he was not subject to death or the fear of death. Note the term the Lord uses for Satan, the ruler of the world. Since the fall, this world is Satan's domain. He is the God of this world, the Prince of the power of the air, and the Lord of the flies. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. The Lord's great love for His Father was displayed before the world in His complete obedience to all that His Father commanded Him to do. Get up, let's go from here. I have never been sure what this verse means. It seems that the Lord is getting them up to leave and head for the Mount of Olives, but His discourse goes on longer. Well, this ends our reading uh, for this session. Uh, Keith uh, wrote something at the very end there where he said, Satan is the Lord of the fly. <laughs> I've had a fly flying around here bugging me uh, today, and uh, it, it just kind of was fitting that he said that. Uh, there are two interesting points in this chapter, and I just want to mention them before I close, is the fact that there are many people in the world that will tell you that there's so many religions, that there's so many different ways to God. That's not true. According to this, Christ is the only way to the Father. There's no other name given under heaven where, where a man will be saved. Christ Jesus is the only way. I wanted to make that point and stress that point that don't believe all the lies of the devil. There's only one way to heaven. And then also, uh, the last thing was that uh, the giving of the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to the Lord, he gives you the Holy Spirit that indwells within you. And he teaches you all these things, brings to remembrance everything that's happening. And we'll see that uh, in our lives when we become Christians. That's kind of the only two points I wanted to make. And with that, I'm going to end this uh, session. And next time we get together, we'll be looking at chapter 15. Bye for now.